This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kevin. This is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And here we are. We're finally taking a quick little break from our Philadelphia podcast festival celebration. Uh, We're still going to have a week of shows released. Uh, We have three more official celebration uh, episodes with Harrison from Doom Thugs, Greg from Philly Famous, and uh, the gals from uh, the Ghoulcast. Um, that will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we have another non-Philadelphia celebration um, on Friday. But this week's episode, before we get to that, I have some announcements for my show on July 1st. July 1st, 1 p.m. at Tattooed Moms. We are kicking off the last day of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It's going to be a good, good, good time. Uh, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, we're going to be playing a game called Food Fright. Uh, it's going to be four challenges, four food challenges. You can win prizes like cash, a gift card to Tattooed Moms. That's right, Tattooed Mom has hopped on as an official sponsor uh, for one of the prizes and is going to give us a $10 gift card. Good enough to get you a couple drinks or an appetizer or one of each um, so that you can uh, maybe wash the taste of whatever we're eating out of your mouth uh, because it's being boozled is evil. And I think that's the Tattooed Mom prize. Uh, and of course... We have Mind Escape, which is an escape the room adventure uh, on South Street, just a couple blocks away from uh, from Tattooed Mom and Bridge Set Sound and all our favorite spots, South Street Cinema on South Street. Uh, they're giving us a $30 gift card to give away with uh, one of our prizes as well. Uh, and that is good for one um, entry into one ticket into an escape the room. So you can, you know, take a friend and it's kind of like, you know, buy one, get one free almost. Uh, so... Uh, go, uh, come out on July 1st, play some games, win some awesome prizes. I have some guest announcements. That's right. We have, uh, Kyle Harris, Philadelphia comedian. He is swinging on by to do some comedy and sit around and talk comedy with us. He has been a guest on full belly, full belly last before. That's where I first met him. I think two years ago at the Philadelphia podcast festival. And he was a, a hilarious dude. Can't wait to have him on the show, do some comedy. I'm waiting for, I was, I was putting this intro off as long as possible to get the final confirmation email on our other guest. Still don't have it yet. Um, so make sure you pay attention to facebook.com slash real awesome pod. Uh, we have our event pinned to the, to the, ta- uh, the post there. 
to the page there. Uh, pay attention to the event page. That's where we're making the announcements. Or pay attention to Twitter at Real Awesome Pod or at That Nerdy Kev uh, for final guest announcements um, and whatnot. Make sure uh, you support this show. We're not going to do a tag at the end. I'm just going to let the panel run run its course. Uh, so make sure you support this show. I know you support it each and every week by listening to this show. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you have time to, uh, support the show even more, I would be greatly appreciative of that. Uh, you can support us in one of three other ways besides just listening. And that is through patreon.com slash that entertains. Um, you can subscribe to our Patreon and get early access, exclusive content and bonus things. Uh, swag as we develop swag. It's going to be a good time over there on Patreon once I uh, get it fully developed. I'm still working with the other podcasts to, to figure out what's going on. But anything that comes on that entertains.com or awesomepodcast.com will be um, free to you uh, as well, not free, you're subscribing, but you'll get that as bonus content and early content and stuff like that. Uh, you can also leave a five star rating review on iTunes that math that Apple has. Um, when you leave five-star rating and reviews, uh, it gets us in front of more people. Uh, more people that discover the show means more people are listening, which means we can do bigger and cooler things and whatnot. Word-of-mouth recommendations as well. Uh, just tell a friend, put us, put us on when you're in the car with a friend, whatever it is. Now, this week's show, this episode, today's episode is from our panel at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con in Oaks, PA. Uh, this was the first panel I had ever run. Um, it was kind of a last minute thing. I didn't find out until, uh, just happening to be on their website and saw that we were on the schedule. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, and I can't thank my panelists enough. Garrett Smith, BK Mullen, uh, his brother, Ash, and my best buddy, Mike D'Angelo. We were all on the panel to talk 10 years of Marvel. This was, this happened two days after Infinity War. So we didn't really spoil Infinity War too much. We just kind of talked 10 years of Marvel, took some, uh, questions from the fans and the uh in the audience and, and answered them uh and just had a good time having a, a great discussion with a bunch of people that i really enjoy talking to so uh again make sure you check out phillypodfest.com to see what's going on with the last week of the podcast festival uh july 1st there's gonna be a ton of great guests uh at tattoo moms everything is awesome full belly laughs philly famous just to name a few um i know that uh, Doom Thugs is also performing, I believe, on the 30th. Uh, and there's a bunch, you know, there's, I, I think, 15 to 20 more shows left uh, that are performing this weekend. So phillypodfest.com slash schedule for the complete schedule. Make sure you pay attention to facebook.com slash realawesomepod, Twitter um, at realawesomepod, and at that nerdy kev for our final guest announcements. Um, and come on down to Tattooed Moms on South Street uh, at 1 p.m. and come play Food Fright with us and win some awesome, awesome prizes, listen to some awesome comedy, and listen to an awesome guest, assuming that I get that confirmed. Uh, but I'm sure they will. I, 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 they were pretty into the idea of doing it, so it's going to be a fun time. Uh, here is the panel. Make sure you listen to us on Core Temp Arts as part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. We are on awesomepodcast.com, and we've been awesome! I am Kevin Gallagher, and this is a spinoff of our podcast, Everything is Awesome. Uh, this is Dark Knights of the Round Table. We're going to talk 10 years of Marvel. Marvel has been around for 10 years, but I could not do this on my own. Stop, guys. <laughs> I could not do this on my own. Please uh, welcome my panelists. We'll start to my left here. Garrett Smith. Hi, I'm Garrett. Uh, I'm from a podcast called I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, if you're imagining the theme song right now, it's because you're right, and uh, you should look us up online. 
Uh, we also have, uh, you know, I didn't confirm the real identity, so we're just gonna go Joker. <laughs> we have the Joker here. Uh, no, Ash, uh, who is, uh, he reviews comics for thatentertains.com, and maybe he does some other stuff. Introduce yourself, my friend. Uh, yeah, my name is Ash. I, um, I'm also a co-host for um, Brothers Podcast for uh, Lazy Banana Productions. And yeah, I've been um, just the new guy at thatentertains.com. Uh, I love comic books. It's the reason I'm here. It's the reason all you guys are here, too. So hopefully this will be a good panel. <laughs> and then to his left, we have uh, from the Poppin' Bottles Dadcast. I got that right? Yeah. Oh, you got it right. You <laughs> got it right this time. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, he's also my doppelganger, though not today, because we're today. completely different. Yeah. But normally we wear the same Eagles gear and everything. Next time I'll text you about the kill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. Uh, BK Poland. Where else can they find him? Uh, what's going on, guys? I'm the other co-host of the uh, Brothers Podcast, uh, which you can find on iTunes and all that good stuff. We talk everything that you can possibly think of, but mostly nerdy stuff. Uh, if you like Marvel and comic books and DC and physics and religion <laughs> and psychosis, uh, yeah. everything. <laughs> all Wait, the all yeah. So Brothers, and uh, we're on uh, Lazy Banana Network, which is uh, 9732.com. And our final panelist, he is the uh, creator of Worlds himself uh, from Telus.com. Please welcome Mike D'Angelo. How's it going, guys? Uh, so Telus is you know right up your alley if you like medieval superheroes. That's all I do. So uh, I'm not going to take up too much of your time talking about it, but uh, T-E-L-L-E-S-T, that's where you can find me on the internet. All right, and so obviously it's been a uh, big weekend for Marvel. So before we officially start the panel, do we have to worry about spoilers from this past weekend? Has everyone seen the movie? Yep. yep. Everyone? No? Yeah. Okay. So we do have some people out there who have not seen Infinity War. So I'm looking at you for to not spoil anything. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is more of a discussion about Marvel in general in the last 10 years, what they've done for the movie business, than it is specific movies. But I'm sure we'll touch on specific movies as well. Uh, you know, big thing is Marvel changed the way we watch movies. Uh, before that, before Marvel, there's no one else. Do you think that this is going to be a continuing trend? Are they going to change after phase four or three or whatever phase we're in? Uh, are they going to keep on doing the, the universe building? Uh, I, so, I, I don't know. I am interested to see where they go with this because I think that it has been a, a very interesting experiment to try and tell a, a long-form story over so many movies, taking the format of comic books and bringing them to movies. Uh, but I am... Does anybody else have this feeling sometimes that you're, you're paying $20 to watch the latest episode of a Saturday morning cartoon when you go to see a Marvel movie? It, I, I do wonder about the, um, the viability of it as like a, a truly long-form uh, way to tell stories in movies, specifically. I, I feel like part of what, they're, what we're discovering is that the format of comic books uh, are more similar to television than they are movies. And they might work better uh, as television series as far as the interconnected storytelling over a long period of time. Uh, that said, they've been successful pretty much like 18 out of 18 times, so uh, I might be complaining about nothing. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I think that this trend is going to continue. Um, before Disney got involved with this particular type of property, it was a lot of Peter Pan Part 2 <laughs> Lion King one and a half. Yeah. They had kind of like their own arc and own kind of rogues gallery, so to speak, as far as characters that they were kind of nursing. 
And yeah, like there were a lot of other comic book movies in the 1980s. There was the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Um, there was the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, which I continue to watch just because it makes me laugh. You know? But uh, so yeah, there was a lot of hit and miss, touch and go. There was like the live action Spider-Man, you know, from the 1970s. Yeah. But really, with the first Iron Man, um, they really kind of like knocked it out of the park. And they continue to do it. And something that they reiterate with a lot of the media, um, uh, like the press they've been doing for Infinity War, is really how unique it is to get this many key figures from intellectual properties across a bunch of movies to actually come together and do a, an ensemble like this. So it's, I believe that is very unique. Um, I believe they're going to continue you know, with this uh, comic book movies, but I doubt we're going to see something of this quality uh, again. You know, they, they really got a, a high bar to kind of hit. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't know if this is an obvious uh, idea or anything like that. I, I think they're going to keep going, but I think they're going to start steering more in the direction sort of like how... You know, you were saying about about TV, and, yeah. and we know how successful the Marvel series on uh, Netflix are doing, and that interconnectivity. I think we're going to see a very, uh, you know, WWE had their own <laughs> has their own network. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. so I'm starting to feel like we're going to end up with a Marvel network Maybe. at some point, yeah. which is gonna which is gonna host a lot of that stuff. Uh, Dis Disney already announced they have like a streaming platform that they're building. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, they've already announced that like there's a live action Star Wars TV show they're working on. They just announced uh, a Star Wars cartoon they're working on see, for I've been it. Avoiding the news so yeah. much lately. So there, that's like in the near future, there is going to be a streaming platform dedicated specifically to Disney property, which will right. encompass Marvel and Star Wars, uh, and shortly probably the Fox properties that used to belong to Marvel and will now belong to Disney again. So. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's probably going to be the thing then. Is uh, I will see blockbusters again every once in a while, but if they're going to be doing it on the app, then they're going to be doing it. So you think the movies will be going directly to the streaming service? Maybe. Oh, that I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I don't think that we're going to ever see the. They're not going to lose their blockbuster tentacles. Right. Uh, we're not going to see that. But I think instead of seeing these properties land on things like Netflix and Hulu, it's just going to go straight to yeah. their theaters. Um, and then I don't really think. I mean, we've seen a lot of people try to kind of mimic the success of the you know the connected universe. Um, you know, DC's doing. Yeah, they made Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, they're, they're getting a little better as they go. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I mean, you also had the um, the the monsters uh, oh, universe the that universe. just oh, right off the bat just you know, crashed and burned. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think anybody really is in the right position to do what Marvel no. and DC can do. Yeah. So. No, don't include DC. It's Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> if DC they, can't they do can it. Pull themselves up from their bootstraps. It's, they can pull it off. I think we're going to see in, in things like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And things that you haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen 10 Wonder Woman films, we've seen 10 Batmans, we've seen 10 Supermans. You're retreading the same ground, so people are just kind of, they're pushing in ways that they shouldn't be. But with Aquaman and things like that, people can see like a fresh take on these heroes, and it's not going to be as exhausting, and you're going to have directors who, they're taking risks, but not quite the way that Snyder and Wheaton did with Justice League and the movies that preceded it. Well, and I mean, saying that they're retreading things, I mean, Marvel, as much of a Marvel fan I am, especially in the MCU, 
Uh, Marvel's doing that. I mean, you look at the, each three phase, and it's it's very little uniqueness to it, right? Like, yeah, you can say Iron Man, which I think I would collectively say is still one of my favorite MCU films. Maybe not the best one, but it's one of my favorite ones because it's what kicked everything off for the last 10 years of the MCU here. And it's it's so appropriate to see that still be like just such a such a it holds up. I don't know. Has anyone rewatched all the Marvel movies to lead up to Infinity War? Like you guys yeah. are crazy. <laughs> I tried. I tried to do it, and I and I stopped at Avengers because I just don't have that much time. But really, Phase One is all still good. You know, I, I want to say maybe let's start with Phase One. I think that's a strong phase of the MCU. I think maybe if you're going to look at what, what, what movies took a misstep, Mike and I discussed it earlier. It's, I think, and it, not even in a bad way, if I had to pick one, it's Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's not the best. That's the one that shines the best. What it, about you guys? Uh, well, for phase, so I actually really like the Thor movie from phase one. I think that's a lot of fun. That's one of the ones that like gets the tone of the Thor comic books, like kind of right, uh, where the rest of them are are sort of trying to like bring those comic book characters into our world. The the Thor movie is very much like a Thor comic book, which I like quite a bit. Um, so I think that might be my favorite out of phase one. Yeah, uh, phase two is where I think they sort of tripped themselves up and they kind of course corrected with phase three. Yeah, they got right. too heavily involved in the interconnectedness of their universe in the second phase, and I think it hurt a lot of those movies. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, for me, I like to go back to the initial uh, Captain America. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was never really a Captain America type of guy. It was always the star spangly outfit, punch in the jaw, you know, type of thing, mm-hmm. which I'm glad they kind of made fun of. In the movie, <laughs> take that, um, Hitler. No, exactly. Yeah, it's I've knocked out Hitler, you know, three hundred times, you know, type of jokes. So really, um, as far as like style, format, having one good solid character to carry the movie all the way through, the way they did Bucky and how they continued with him and Winter Soldier, I think it was a really great setup. Also, love the makeup for Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing um, a Captain America live-action film that they did in like the early 80s, mm-hmm. and it was like J.D. Salinger's son um, played Captain America, which is highly ironic if you've ever read Catcher in a Rye. You know, um, so it's, uh, but yeah, like Red Skull was an uh, Italian gangster, and, and his makeup was basically, um, you know, <laughs> it was this weird bald cap with, with red grease paint. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they've had some hit, hit or miss type of stuff. But when I go to phase one, yeah, it, it's I believe Captain America was a really solid film, balancing good acting and good CGI, you know. And they've been the riding that horse, you know, up till Infinity War. So those of you who haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Phase one, I, I have to take the, the obvious and say the first Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I mean... It was just a, uh, just putting their mark on the world that, hey, we're going to be good at this forever. <laughs> like, obviously, we, you know, Marvel is saying, obviously, we know what chemistry and what kind of money you have to put into it and that sort of thing, and that they were willing to take that step. Uh, so I think, I think everybody could agree from the onset of that one that, uh, yeah, everything was going to be great. And the, you know, rewatching that within the last week or so, the, the post credits scene, you know, the first time Marvel puts that stamp into a movie, 
it still gives you chills seeing Nick Fury on screen and and saying you know he has something about the Avengers Initiative or whatever the exact mm-hmm. quote is. It's I watched it less than a week ago and it just it's hard for me to rewatch a movie and and get chills again. And and this movie does it in, in all the right ways, especially that post credit scene. Okay, move on. <laughs> uh, and you know that brings me to the to you know just. Collectively, as a whole, there's, you know, I, I guess it's very subjective what your favorite or best movie is, but, and talking with Garrett earlier today, I, I think at least, and I feel like the majority of us are going to say this, I don't know about you guys, but Winter Soldier yeah. feels like it's the best movie Marvel has put out, because it, they, they've done nothing like it. Yeah. It's an actual, it's a super spy movie that you just have to have Captain America in. So, I mean, I know what your favorite is, but do you want to elaborate on that? Sure. Uh, The reason I think Winter Soldier is, like, their best movie, it, honestly, well, it comes down to two things. One, that movie is about something. Uh, That movie has political relevance to our world right now that they've really never gotten back to with the other movies. Um, They, you know, they, I I think, like, um, Age of Ultron has a little bit going on in it like that, but Winter Soldier is the one that really feels like it's about something beyond a bunch of people in spandex punching each other. And then when it comes to the people in spandex punching each other, it's the only one that has like truly choreographed hand-to-hand fight scenes that are shot cleanly and edited well. It's the best action movie they've made as well. And I, I, one of the problems I have with the movies they've made since is they, they get a little more clumsy in that regard. The, the action is never quite as clean. It tends to be a little confusing and not as easy to watch and digest as it is in Winter Soldier. Uh, and I don't think that they have done as good a job of making their movies be about something beyond internally what's happening with the characters. I will submit Civil War, though. Uh, we can totally argue about Civil War if you want. <laughs> Civil yeah. War is like, it's like the natural progression, almost, of Winter Soldier. Because yeah. It introduces the Sokovia Accords yes. and things like that. So, I mean... As it pertains to you know like real world things, yes, you know, it's there's not a MacGuffin that you're worrying about. Right. Like it's it's real, it's passionate. Yeah, it's you know, and and there's the the, the friend arc, you know, yeah. everything in there. Um, I'll I'll agree with you. Clumsier definitely than yeah. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is the pinnacle. I, um, I think so. Yeah. But but then you also have to consider like the popcorn effect. Like, yeah. I mean, sure. It, it might be the best. Maybe talking about like Oscar-worthy material and stuff like <laughs> sure. that. But then you're looking at like Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah. that is just a romp the entire way yeah. through. Yeah, so. uh, which I, I like as well. And I think that's the other thing about this universe that I would really like to see them as they move into Phase Four get into is that these movies all tend to look and feel the same regardless of who's directing them and I would really like to see the studio let directors have a little more control and let their voices come out in these movies a little more like Ragnarok yeah like Ragnarok is very much a Taika Waititi movie if you guys have ever seen a Taika Waititi movie he's who directed Thor Ragnarok Ragnarok very much feels like a Taika Waititi movie Uh, and I, I, I really like that about that movie I think that movie is better for that uh, and Phase 3, I think, showed them sort of giving their directors a little more control. Black Panther is very much a Ryan Coogler movie. Um, if you've seen Creed, the struggle of Eric Killmonger is very similar to the struggle of Adonis in Creed. Uh, he, has very, he has a very personal story he's trying to tell through these movies, and it comes through. I would like to see more of that in the movies moving forward, stepping away a little bit from the larger universe of it all and really letting the directors let their voice through and center the stories more on the characters that they're about. 
So yeah, I would agree. As far as like social relevance, I have to go to Black Panther. Mm -hmm. um, of all of the times for a Black Panther movie to be made, perfect timing. Honestly, with uh, a lot of the things that are going on in our society, um, the frustration of not having control of your own destiny yeah. because of social problems, yeah. civics and things, I think this was the perfect time for a, a Black Panther type of movie to come out. And even when the comic first came out during the, the big civil rights movement, it made a big splash as far as relevancy. Mm -hmm. And I think they kind of recaptured that mm -hmm. uh, with Black Panther. But, um, but yeah, getting back to the whole after credit scenes, mm. name me one other franchise where people actually stay for the credits. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, they actually got people staying for the credits. And honestly, we, even with, um, you know, no spoilers, Infinity War, there were so many people, so many animators from so many different countries. I'm watching the credits roll by and I'm going, I, I think I was in this movie. <laughs> There's just so many people. So, so really, not only is it an ensemble cast, but it's multiple countries. And really, this is now a billion dollar industry. You know, when Stan Lee was selling funny papers for five cents a copy, you know. So as far as media relevancy, social relevancy, this really is the best time to hit the stride as far as the MCU is concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just wanted to say a little bit about uh, as far as directors go, yeah. as far as having their voices heard and stuff like that. Uh, I hope that they will stick with some directors mm -hmm. for specific projects. like. Mm -hmm. I mean, James Gunn is perfect for yeah. Guardians. Yeah. Uh, the Russo brothers are perfect for doing Captain America, Bucky, mm -hmm. thriller, spy type stuff. Uh, Taika Waititi is good at being Taika Waititi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I maybe throw him in on just an absolutely random, you know, spinoff like every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I would like to see more th like Thor with the third movie. They finally found his footing, I think. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the first Thor movie, rewatching it recently. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as, the, as I did the first time. I didn't rewatch Thor 2 for reasons. Um, <laughs> but this, this is like the first time we get to see the Thor that we kind of saw in the Avengers movies where he has a little bit more humor. Yeah. He's a little bit more like just let his, you know, lets his hair hang loose, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, so to speak. No, yeah, that doesn't happen again. But um, yeah, it's, I would love to see them continue Thor on because they they just found what works for Thor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I'm interested to see if they do something similar to, uh, to with Thor, similar to the uh, Captain America turning into Nomad mm. because now he has no Asgard. Mm -hmm. uh, he only has a few dozen Asgardians left. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, he has no home. He has no place to really go except for Earth. I mean, well, he could go anywhere. Let's be honest. But, you know, <laughs> it, he really has no home. Uh, he's very, uh, I think we saw with Infinity War. Sorry if you haven't seen it. Uh, no spoiler, don't worry. Uh, but he talks about not having his family anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not having that connection to anything else ever. So I wonder if we'll see, like, a sort of recluse wandering, uh, wandering mystery Thor type of deal. There's some basis for that in the comics, too. There's a lot of comics where he is literally, like, wandering the Earth. Uh, I think there's even a... Uh, is it in the Ultimates where when they find him, he's literally just, like, almost like a drunk, like, cult leader, kind of? Yeah, he's, he's like, at some protest or something like that yeah. for clean water, but he's really just sitting there in the front of a pickup truck drinking rum. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be interesting to see him sort of lose his way on Earth and have to maybe find his way back to, to who he is. 
Um, and, and Chris Hemsworth has proven to just be like such an entertaining uh, part of this universe, I think. Uh, like, even more so than I think anybody would have expected coming off of the, the early Thor movies. Right, true. Uh, I, and I know that, the, I, I know about the new gods. Yeah. Uh, but wasn't there a run at some point in the 90s called the New Asgardians? Oh, I don't know, maybe. I, it sounds like it's already been done, but maybe that's something that they can, yeah, they can go to. He rebuilds Asgard. Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. You got anything to say about your, your favorite Marvel movie over there? I started it off. Right after that. All right, fine. Uh, well, in looking to the future, you know, obviously Phase 3, as it comes to an end with the next Avengers movie, the whole landscape, and, and Kevin Feige, Feige? Feige. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name. But the guy who runs Marvel, he said the landscape's going to change, and, and um, it seems like James Gunn has he, a lot of input when it comes to that. Like, he's he's... He's like the new John uh, Favreau, mm -hmm. you know. Like John Favreau was big into the early days of Marvel. James Gunn has taken that role over. Yeah, you know, I would say the only guy above him is, is Kevin. Uh, where do you see? What do you want to see in Phase Four? Like, what characters have they not done that that we want to see? You know, uh, there's there's a whole plethora of characters to choose from. Well, they've talked already a little bit about like what they have planned for the future. I mean, we know that there's going to be other you know, sequels to the characters that we already know. We know there's going to be a Guardians 3. We know there's going to be Spider-Man 2. Um, obviously, they're going to make a Black Panther 2. Um, they're talking about Black Widow. Um, but then they have you know cards that they pull out, and they go, you know, is it time for this, this character? So they were talking about the Eternals. They were talking mm. about... I want Howard the Duck. <laughs> I want a proper yeah, Howard the Duck movie. That's what we say for Garrett's TV plans. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, you know, they were talking about uh, Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight. Um, like, you know, and, yeah. and we'd always kind of, when you and I discussed, we had thought that that would make sense for, like, the Netflix universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like they're considering it for the MCU for, like, the big leagues. Well, and if you look at it, like, the MCU, if, if we're looking at the close of Phase 3 being the end of what we know about Marvel today... You know, at one point, Iron Man, no one knew who he was, and now he's a household name. So they're going to have to go to these, quote-unquote, no-name heroes and make them into the next Iron Man. Versus, yeah, I, and I would rather see that than, than, say, pull out someone who's going to just put on the Iron Man suit. I'd rather see a new hero take the mantle. They'll do a new story like that, I'm sure, because at, at one point, even after Iron Man, we kind of had that same thought process with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, this is going to just tank. And lo and behold, you know they're they're the new Star Wars, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I agree that there needs to be a new Iron Man, but not not actually, but figuratively, yeah. there needs to be another Robert Downey Jr. to come along and be. Yeah. I mean, of all the tent poles, he is the biggest tent pole mm -hmm. uh, of the stories uh, that they've told already, and. I don't know if we're going to get that with Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Right. Uh, I don't know if they would do that with uh, if they do a Bucky goes Captain America mm -hmm. uh, thing. So I feel like it's going to be something that we haven't seen in a while. But more than likely, it will be you know something that they have just gotten back from Fox and Sony. You know that sort of thing. I think. I, I feel like if they're going to have a new Robert Downey Jr., it's going to be whoever's playing, Cap uh, not Captain Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. I think whoever plays Reed Richards is going to be the one who sets mm. that, that mm -hmm. tone. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, on our on our podcast, we talk a lot about the conjecture of what's coming next. And yeah, there's some obvious telegraphs. We know we're going to see Captain Marvel. Um, I think that's a huge opportunity to open up to the cosmic characters uh, end of the the whole Marvel universe, as far as like Silver Surfer, Galactus, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Yeah. And scrolls and stuff like yeah, that. Scrolls, Kree. I would love to see. Oh man, if the end of Infinity War two. The nice panning shot of all these dead heroes laying on the battlefield, and then one of them turns into a scroll. Yeah. Ah, uh, I would love to see that <laughs> transition because that would lead right into Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, which were big, you know, titles for yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Um, personally, you know, Ghost Rider is still one of my favorites. Wow. I know the Nick Cage movies are over, thankfully. Um, they shouldn't be. They're great. They're yeah. great. Yeah. They star Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage is man. Sorry. Um, so yeah, of course I would love to see that those types of characters come back, something darker and gritty. But honestly, even with you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, you really need to be a certain personality to play a certain character. Like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, he was born for that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember seeing him on was it uh, Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, awful sitcom back in the '90s. You know, and he was basically just himself. You know, and he got this huge opportunity with Deadpool, you know. Um, it was like leaked stunt footage that first got it attention. Um, and also, of the future of the MCU, there has been leaked photos of the reshoots of the next Infinity War. And apparently Hugh Jackman has been wa- seen walking away from the set with his mutton chops. Mm-hmm. So we might actually see one more appearance of the Wolverine in the next two years. So that I'm really hoping for. I could see a cameo of some sort. Yeah, yeah, I'm really hoping for X-Men, Fox cameos in the main MCU. I would love it if it was an Ocean's 12 style cameo where it turns out it's just Hugh Jackman <laughs> in the movie they see walking around. No, really, yeah, even if we get the major arcana of the, uh, um, of like the villains, like you know, Sinister Sticks rob the same casino. Yeah. You know, we can definitely do a, an Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's yeah. Eleven type. Yeah. Well, and to I don't. Do you have anything to say about? Uh, I got an idea. Saying? Okay, like, give me your idea, and then because he, he he teed me off for Fox, but let's go with you. Well, first. I pitched this to you in the car, and I'm interested to pitch. Uh, okay. Has anybody in the audience read Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye? Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, comic books, and I would really like to see them give Hawkeye a movie. I think Jeremy, I think Age of Ultron, that is the best part of Age of Ultron, is uh, Hawkeye's little storyline there, Jer- uh, Jeremy Renner's performance. There's this great uh, Hawkeye comic that I think would make an amazing one-off movie where uh, Hawkeye is living in New York City in this shitty apartment building. Oh, I apologize, are there any youngsters here? Sorry, buddy. Uh, in this really crappy apartment building. Uh, and uh, he, this Russian mob tries to take the apartment building over, and because he's a superhero, he stops them, only to then be left in charge of an apartment building. <laughs> and so it's an entire run of Hawkeye comics where he's the super of an apartment building. And it's amazing. It's so fun and funny. There's an entire issue from his dog's perspective, whose name is Pizza Dog. And every time someone talks to Pizza Dog in the issue, you just see pictures of what Pizza Dog understands them to mean. 
it's a, it's an amazing comic. People should check it out. And I would I think it would make a really good, fun, just like one-off. And like I'm saying, really focused and centered on a character, as opposed to having these larger implications for everything else. Disney is pushing for Marvel to do more one-shots, so maybe we'll see a uh, the super one-shot. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that though. I'll one-up you. I would love to see that as a, a Netflix series. You and I talk yeah. about that. I, that story to me deserves to be more than just two hours. Like that needs to, even if you make it like a half hour sitcom on Netflix yeah. for 10 episodes, like give me as much story as you can, if not in two or three seasons. Like I <laughs> yeah. feel like there's a lot of story there. I, I would love that. Uh, I, obviously though, phase four is probably going to be, as you mentioned, you brought up Fox, it's going to reintroduce probably these Fox characters, your Fantastic Fours, all your X-Men. Um, if they don't do X Men, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, there's no way because that's Fox's biggest cash cow, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I guess before Deadpool, it was you know it was X Men. So obviously Disney's going to capitalize on that. Uh, who knows what they do with Fantastic Four? Because that's kind of you know how would you do Fantastic Four? Because they're supposed to be the first family of Marvel. So how do you introduce them in this MCU that exists for ten years now? Well, I mean they set a precedent in the Infinity War storyline, not necessarily in the MCU, but um, within the comics. Um, you know, the snap, you know, potentially gets rid of superheroes and people that we've met and everything like that, but then you have a sort of counter snap, which could potentially bring characters who weren't there before into existence. And it could be that they were just never part of our reality or they were hidden from our reality and then it combines. Now would it be reboot? Or would it be the you know actors and no, the characters I, that we've already known from Fox? I think I think that they know better. Uh, the, the MCU knows better than. I think that would be a big mistake on their part yeah. to bring all those characters. Because trying to bind the storytelling they've already done to the storytelling that Fox did would make no sense, really. Yeah, and I'm sure they want to tell the stories that Fox told better. So <laughs> yeah. eventually, ten years down the road, we'll see another take on the Phoenix. Because um, I don't think this latest Phoenix is going to happen. I, I think. They're probably going to close it down before. Are they shooting it? They're yeah. shooting it, but they pushed it back to next year. Oh, okay. And I think next year is when the deal is officially going to be finalized. Yeah. So, I think that movie will come out. They, they put too much money into that. That movie's going to come out. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's Disney that ultimately decides do we want to just let the money. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I do think, like, so one thing you could do with Fantastic Four to bring them in is just have had them be out on a cosmic journey this whole time, not knowing that all of this has been happening on Earth. Uh, like that's a Jonathan Hickman thing uh, from his run that's really great that they've just been on this cosmic journey for a long time and they return to discover the world in the state that it's in our brains are sort of similar uh -huh, uh -huh. in that uh, I, I feel like I would do a reboot and this is something that we've talked about on our show uh, I feel like I would want to reboot it by Reed Richards and his crew go out into space to find out, you know, figure out what's going on with some anomaly. Mm -hmm. The anomaly turns out to be Thanos beating the piss out of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And then we see Infinity Gauntlet destroyed, which causes a weird explosion mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. hits their spaceship and turns them into the Fantastic Four. Yeah, okay. All right. I can buy that. The, yeah. uh, the other thing is with the X-Men coming back, like that, like... This is a very opportune time for them to get the X-Men back. Absolutely. As they're bringing this, uh, you know, this kind of conclusion to 20 movies, 
concluding with the Infinity War, um, it, it is almost a gift to then be able to introduce mutants into this universe and build to like an Avengers versus X-Men storyline or something. You know, it's like, it seems like having the X-Men would allow them to sort of quote unquote restart the, you know, continue, but restart the universe and build towards yet another major event of all these characters crossing over and, and coming together. So yeah, um, something that I feel like in the past like five years of comic books and comic book movies is they keep trying to, to save the universe over and over and over again. It's always this giant flaming circle in the middle of the sky and a <laughs> trans-dimensional thing they have to close and mm -hmm. nuclear bombs and like I think that they're resting too much on that worldwide cataclysm plot arc. And this is why I like movies like Deadpool, which is basically just a whole bunch of hack and slashing, you know, and it's a, a relatively good, like, retcon origin story, you know. Uh, something that's, again, something that's much more focused on a smaller group of characters. It's personal stakes. Yeah, yeah. 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 personal stakes as opposed to global stakes or universe stakes. That I think those make for yeah. better movies generally. Uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that, that end of it. You know, I want to see what uh, a good independent director can do with a $30 million budget yeah. instead of a massive yeah. amount of characters and a $200 million budget. Yeah. All right, before we kind of wrap things up, maybe if you guys have questions you want to ask or, or just have comments about the MCU, um, you know, without spoiling anything, let's just kind of give a quick rundown of Infinity War of like, do we have yeah, your name. Has everyone in here seen? Because I saw. No, there's still some people. Yeah, 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 yeah. We won't spoil it. Let's, I saw a couple people but, that haven't seen it left. So. Yeah, the <laughs> but, Hulk punches somebody. <laughs> Spoiler. And you know what? I gotta go back to that first Avengers movie real quick. Uh, that, you know, is such a special moment with the Hulk where he's just so angry and it's just a rage monster where he just punches Thor for no reason. That might be yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh, MCU yeah. uh, to this date. Um, do you guys have a favorite moment? Like, just like one little moment from any movie? When Captain America kicks that dude off a boat in Winter Soldier. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. He kicks him in the chest, he flies like 40 feet off the side of a boat. I cheered so hard when that happened. I literally watched that. I have like a YouTube clip I found of just him kicking that guy off a boat. I watch it to fucking get charged for things sometimes. Sorry about the language. Um, honestly, in, in 10 years of movies, there's a lot of like great moments, you know. However, I gotta say, in the main Avengers movie, when they do that nice 360 yep. shot oh, yeah. of all of the Avengers back-to-back -back fighting in the middle of Manhattan. I think that is not only a really iconic shot, it's a, a testament to Joss Whedon and the amount of, you know, ensemble cast that he's done, you know, like with Firefly, and, you know, and uh, Buffy. But also it's a lot of these combination movies have been trying to recreate that same moment. You know, as far as yeah. all of these characters in one screen. And that's something really that Jack Kirby and Stan Lee kind of mm -hmm. rested upon. They loved big full panel comic books yeah. where you got Black Widow in the foreground, got Thor flying in the background. That was money for them. And really, it's, it, it takes a certain amount of skill to pull it off on the big screen. Mm -hmm. but, but again, they've been hitting it. Uh, can I just say all of Winter Soldier? <laughs> every scene? Yeah. Uh, now, you know, uh, and, it, and it won't spoil anything, but in the latest, uh, in Infinity War, um, we all know Captain America is going to be there, right? Uh, but when he shows up, mm, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you'll get it. If you have seen it, you already get it. Because it's, uh, you know, it's the whole 
the reason he's there in the first place, the way that he enters the yeah. scene, uh, it touches on that spy thriller yeah. tinge of it. Plus, he's in the nomad thing. Plus, he's got the beard. <laughs> yeah, they do a really nice like film noir moment with him, basically, when he gets introduced in the new one. That's very cool. Uh, uh, pretty and and actually feels pretty unique and different even from the spy thriller version yeah. of him we've seen yeah, before. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, we can't talk about Infinity War, but I'm still a huge fan of the Civil War airport scene. That I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I can go back and I can watch that. I mean, that movie's a pretty. It's an exhausting movie. There's a lot of emotions going on and everything. But like, if I had to pick like my first, like my favorite 15 minutes out of the movie, I could go back and watch that on repeat. That movie, for, for better and worse, is the airport scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 that sequence is yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and I wish we would have seen anything like it in the new one. But that's uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, so so uh, real quick, just a, a number from one to five for Infinity War. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 4.5. I thought it was really good. If you haven't seen it, get out there and see it before you go on the internet. How you avoided spoilers? I mean, good on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good on you. Yeah, media blackout. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer on this one, and I apologize. Uh, I enjoyed that movie, uh, but um, it, it left me wanting quite a bit. I think uh, it was like a three-star movie for me. It, it's it's good. It's entertaining. I, I liked it. Um, but uh, yeah, I. When they get to the just all the big blue beams and skies, and that's all that's good, I don't know. That it very much felt like cartoons punching each other to me. Okay. Uh, well, really, this started out with cartoons punching each other. It's a <laughs> fine tradition that we've continued for decades. Um, yeah, I would give it um, honestly a four point five. Um, my favorite out of the series, probably not. But as far as trying to take the, a dozen cast members, put them on one big screen, and have them duke it out. They really did as, as much as they could, and, and, um, and yeah, uh, it leaves you wanting more. It leaves you wanting to see the, the next movie, the next installment, and that's, that's part of the money, is getting them back in the seat. So, I'm there. Oh, gosh. I knew I was going to lose it at some point. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Uh, the only reason I'm knocking off that point five that's so popular around here, apparently, <laughs> is... Um, I, I was left wanting, and, and it's definitely not my favorite in the series. I, I gotta say that my favorite part about it was not only the balance of the characters that they did use, but they made sure that each of those characters that they did use took a step forward in their, in their own personal storyline. So yeah, you got the team up, yeah, they're all fighting for the same thing, but it wasn't, uh, you know, we didn't lose anybody. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, you guys that did see it, you liked it, obviously enough. You know, you're, you're an MCU veteran at this point. You were going to see it, and you guys that haven't seen it, you're going to see it. So our ratings aren't going to matter. <laughs> I am putting the point five back up there. Point five for me. Um, I, I mean, it was you and I talked, uh, you know, separately from everything else, and we talked about like how it fit into like our own like Avengers yeah, yeah. and Civil War being kind of like. Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Um, it's not my Avengers 1 or 2. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's cluttered. It has to be. It's 40 superheroes in a single movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, they're, that Marvel, at, first off, they've said they're never going to do stakes this high again. We might see something similar. In they say that now, but in 10 years. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. If, if, yeah. they kinda, if they start slow and kind of build up more personal stories like you guys have been saying. Um, but I mean, I don't think that anybody besides Marvel 
right now, positioned as it is, could have pulled off 40 superheroes in one movie. This this is a titanic effort, and not the movie, the, <laughs> in general, the, the idea of 40 superheroes having a cohesive storyline, and, and like you said, not leaving a character behind. Everybody had their moment to shine. Um, you know, even these third-string characters who, you know, you don't expect to have their moment, and they all kind of have that. So, I mean, I, I thought it was, I mean, I saw it twice. I was going to see it a third time. But the emotional toll? It was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we have a, about 15 minutes left before we are forced out of here. Does anyone want to have their own comments that about, all right, there we go. <laughs> but, um, do you ever wonder when they have such an apocalyptic plotline where everyone else in the universe is? You know, so if you're going to kill off half the universe, you're going to have the whole universe concerned. And so, where's Galactus? You know, where's every other sort of giant, you know, powerful creature that would have a stake? Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when, yeah, I think when it comes to Galactus and all, yeah, they, they just aren't there yet. They're, those, the, the universes have emerged. Um, I don't know if we'll see them, but like, you know, like the, the other heroes, I, I'm still baffled at the fact that Ant-Man and, uh, and I don't think this is a spoiler saying this, right? Ant-Man and, and Hawkeye really aren't seen in this movie much or at all. You know, I'll leave it open-ended for some people who haven't seen it yet. Uh, that baffles me that, that it's a, you know, they're, they're not there in this movie. Um, I feel like when the stakes are this high, that's like a, they need a better storytelling device to explain why they weren't there. This is like one of my major problems <laughs> with getting to these big crossover ones, and it's, it's always kind of been a problem, even in like the comic books when they do big crossover events. Is they have to do things that, when you really think about them in the context of this larger fabric, don't entirely make sense, or there will be a plot device in order to uh, uh, maybe change an event that's already happened, and it makes sense in the context of this story, but now we've established that there's a way that we can change, the, and it's like, well, then there's no stakes to any of this universe. If we, you know, uh, And so there, there's, there's really weird stuff like that that happens. I think, though, if I were like a smart writer, the real answer would be like, hey, how come someone like Galactus doesn't show up? It, the, the smart answer would be, well, Galactus is smarter than Thanos and is, knows what's happening, and he's just going to use that to his advantage so that half the universe is taken out. And now he can come and step in, you know, like using Thanos almost as his own pawn upon knowing that that's what Thanos is doing. There's a way maybe that you could craft stories in the future to address that problem. Uh, whether we buy that or not is a different story. But uh, I think, you know, a smart writer could probably find ways to write themselves out of these corners they paint themselves into. Yeah, yeah I see a question right here. What's up, dude? Yo! We've seen the location of Atlantis in Iron Man 2, so... That is a really good point. I forgot they even introduced that. Uh, I think a Namor movie would be great. Isn't that still universal? Yeah, so the, the distribution... Yeah. So you're, you're running into distribution problems, which is the same issue that's happening with uh, Hulk right now. So Marvel can do a Hulk storyline, but they have to kind of encase it within... Um, and another character's movie, which is why they're telling Hulk's story across the next three movies. Well, I guess Ragnarok, one more, yeah. Uh, yeah, Avengers yeah. 3 and Avengers 4. Um, so one of the things that they've been talking about was maybe draw from some of the storylines in the comics where you have Black Panther and Namor in the yes. same movie. So yeah. Oh, cool. Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. 
I do think, though, with Aquaman coming out from DC, they're probably going to, I would assume, yeah. hold back on Namor a little bit so that there's not that, like, recency effect of, yeah. like, Just we already saw this character. Because um, they're, you know, essentially going to, they're similar-ish characters, uh, uh, certainly with uh, similar powers and worlds and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would think they would hold off a little bit to try and let the uh, Aquaman have a shot at it and, and let that pass a little bit, um, which I'm excited for, by the way. James Wan is a really interesting filmmaker. I, I think he's going to make yeah. a pretty cool Aquaman movie. Definitely. With regard to introducing the X-Men to the MCU, how likely do you think it would be that they adapt the Asprey M storyline? That's pretty much one of the very few X-Men stories that has not been Asteroid M is going to be, like, let's say they reintroduce X-Men uh, at, let's say, towards the end of Phase 4, I, uh, or, yeah, X-Men, uh, then I think Asteroid M is something that will come up in Phase 6. You know, <laughs> like, because they, they, they're probably going to do an origin story again because they just can't help themselves. Um, if we had to wait till phase six, it means this little dude in the room is the only one that's going to be alive to see it. You can be the director. No, you can direct it for yeah, us. Yeah, he'll be up here talking about us moving yeah. on. Uh, no, yeah, they can't help themselves. They're going to want to reboot it, so they're really going to have to rebuild uh, Magneto for the audience. And uh, I, think, I think Magneto is a character that you need to take your time with. Yeah. So, yeah, um... I have to say that, yeah, Asteroid M, you know, is one of my favorite kind of story arcs as far as Magneto is concerned. You know, definitely Omega level, you know, character. And also, um, you know, in Age of Ultron, they had the Quicksilver Scarlet Witch type of team up, and then Quicksilver got died via bullet, <laughs> which it would never ever happen in a million million years. Yeah. And also the way they characterize Scarlet Witch is more of like a Jean Grey yeah. telekinesis type of power. Mm -hmm. When really, as far as like M Day is concerned, Scarlet Witch could just bend reality yeah. whatever she wants. Yeah. So I'm still waiting for you know uh, Scarlet Witch to shine uh, to really show off her powers. But really, uh, Asteroid M goes into the Magneto family uh, pretty heavy. And honestly, you could, you could easily put in people like Fantastic Four, newer X-Men, cosmic people. Like, that would definitely kind of collide on one setting. It's a good idea. Lobo. Well, and, and picking up of, you know, you mentioned Scarlet Witch, just to throw another question out there for me. How do you think they're going to address Scarlet Witch and her being a mutant or not being a mutant once mutants are now a thing? in the MCU in the next five years? Um, I think with the introduction of Cable in the new Deadpool movie, we're going to see some legacy virus, you know, type of format. Would love to see Mr. Sinister. That all goes into the X-Gene. Um, also, one of the characters I love, I would love to see, is Kang the Conqueror. Mm -hmm. There are so many iterations of Kang. Mm -hmm. He is just this time-traveling Doctor Doom type of guy. Yeah. And that directly goes into like genetic mutation and into mutants. And that involves the Summers family and the Richards family. So I think that would be a good way to go, is just use the, the legacy virus cable end of it. Yeah. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, haven't they kind of carefully danced around in the MCU the idea of mutants in general? It, I don't think they've gotten terribly specific about 
everyone's powers and where they originate from necessarily. Uh, and so I think, you, again, a crafty writer could write them out of that corner and just the discovery of the X gene. And it turns out some of the characters we're already familiar with have that, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, we have to keep in mind that there's also a reality stone and a time stone yeah. uh, that can be messed with. Yeah. And uh, we also have to consider uh, any number of the crossovers that could happen in uh, Infinity War Part Two, And also any... Oh, gosh. I mean... I don't know if they would do it, but I wouldn't put it past I wouldn't put it past Kevin Feige to switch timelines. Mm. Just pull a pull a adjacent, you know, Infinity Gauntlet gets destroyed or broken apart or something happens with it, and all of a sudden we are in an alternate timeline of the same. The universe. Doctor Strange movie has already introduced us to the idea that this exactly. is a multiverse of sorts, and there certainly would be a way to go. We are literally going to end the universe that we've been uh, telling movies yeah. about for 20 movies and open up into another universe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah not that maybe with a multiverse where we have some stories in part yes. our MCU A and then yeah. some MCU yeah. yeah. Although now we're getting into the territory that like Marvel got into in their comic books <laughs> and DC has gotten into their comic books where it just becomes impossible to follow and know what's happening. I mean... Infinity War does a really good job with all of this stuff, but it is so dangerously close, I think, to like, wait, I missed one of these movies. What is happening right now, you know? Uh, they do a really good job with it, but it's like dangerously close to that. And I think once you start opening the idea of the multiverse, you get, it gets more and more difficult to rein these things in and keep them digestible at a 90 minute to two hour format, I think. Well, and I think, like, for me, when it comes to Infinity War, again, no spoilers here, but Doctor Strange is that movie. Like, if you miss Doctor Strange, you kind of have no idea what's going on with that character. Like, he's just there. And so, uh, so is Wong. Like, you don't know who they are if you don't yeah. watch that. Um, so, uh, do you guys have anything else or anyone in the audience before you? I have one more thing. Okay. Uh, I think if they are going to do a total universe uh, shake-up, you know, go into an alternate timeline... Gosh, I hope they do Secret Wars before they do. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I hope they, I hope they pull that one last. Okay, it's not the end of the universe type of deal. It's a little more personal to all of the things. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like in introducing Fantastic Four at some point, maybe in Phase Four, mm -hmm. uh, then you could even tie it in where Doctor Doom has been sitting, resting on his, you know, on his yacht somewhere before he becomes Doctor Doom and uh, sees Thanos and hears what Thanos has to say and is all of a sudden like, oh, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, and decide, yeah, totally. you know, that's, you know, if Infinity, Infinity War could be the catalyst yeah. of Secret Wars mm -hmm. and the introduction of all the characters that we... Uh, that we are now have back from Fox. I gotta say, yes, that's a that's a uh, good kind of question. That, that is the storyline that I would want to see adapted. I'll let, before we'll wrap up, maybe with that question is what storyline would you want to see adapted? We've already heard um, the Asteroid M story, Asteroid and Secret Wars, Secret Wars. Okay. Um, honestly, as far as the multiverse is concerned, um, and like Fox property X Men. Um, 
the Dark Phoenix saga actually gets into something called the Mkron Crystal. Yeah. And for those who don't know, it's the Mkron Crystal is this gigantic crystal in the middle of the universe that connects all the multiverse together. And honestly, it's the, you know, that is prime territory for something like Doctor Doom, Fantastic Four, the X-Men. I think that would be a great, you know, crossroads for everybody. So I'm a sucker for events. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to see, you know, secret invasion, secret wars, that kind of stuff. Um, I also think that based on like what we're seeing now, we could almost see like a reverse House of M kind of thing. Yeah, um, I know, thought about that. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't have you know her getting rid of mutants and stuff like that, but she could be responsible for oh. where they come from yeah. and everything like that. And, like that. and you know, maybe it has to do yeah. with events that have occurred in Infinity War and might happen in Avengers Four. I'm also, I mean. We're probably talking like 20 years from now, but I wouldn't be opposed to uh, Marvel Zombies. On oh my god, <laughs> that's the one I want. I also want, and I know he's retired from the role, but I want uh, the, the one of the comics that was a prequel to Marvel Zombies was Ash or Ash yeah. versus uh, Marvel Zombies. That was when I was got back into comics like 10, 15 years ago. Like that was one of them. Marvel Zombies is what I read. They are so good and just like so silly and and i just love them and especially anything with more bruce campbell put, yeah. put bruce campbell back in the mcu he, he yeah, was yeah, in right. uh, spider-man Spider one and two and three yeah. bring him back as ash that would be great that would be cool just because like i imagine we are going to be without our sort of main core cast within the next five years probably yeah. it would be very cool if 20 years from now they all came back to reprise their characters as marvel zombies which oh would be really God. fun and interesting yeah. i think uh, if I, but if I want them to adapt anything, and this is a weird ask because they've already done it, question mark. Uh, I, there's a, a, Matt Fraction is one of my favorite writers. I brought him up before. He did a run on the Defenders that is amazing. Uh, and the TV show was nothing like it. Uh, it's a different lineup that he did for his book. Uh, it's like Doctor Strange, the Silver Surfer, uh, Red She-Hulk. It's, it's a really cool lineup of characters. It's very funny. And it's one of the only Marvel books that when it says it's about the end of the Marvel Universe is actually about the end of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Uh, and I would really like to see that as something they kind of use to do a truly, if they were ever going to try and conclude the Marvel Universe, it would be a really worthwhile one to explore that with. Yeah. See, so yeah, I think it'd be great. Um, yeah, before we get out of here, we got like two minutes left, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, I got to do a quick, you know, honorable mentions. May 5th is Free Comic Book Day. Um, the whole reason of making all these movies really is not just to put, you know, butts into seats and to give Disney more money, <laughs> but it's the support your local comic book shop. Yeah. Anytime you can find, you know, geeks on the streets and they tell you about a new comic book shop, go there, see who runs it, and Free Comic Book Day is one of those great opportunities to shake hands with people and get new titles in your hand. So I encourage everybody to take advantage of it May 5th, right around the corner. All right, and as we leave, uh, just give your plugs. Start with Mike. All right, so once again, I'm Mike D'Angelo, the writer of Tellus. Uh, it's T-E-L-L-E-S-T. -E um, we've been talking about superheroes the last hour. My stuff is just superheroes in a fantasy realm, so medieval superheroes is really awesome. <laughs> uh, Brudders Podcast, B-R-U-D-D-E-R-S. Uh, on uh, iTunes, soon to be Stitcher, and uh, the9732.com, and uh, Twitter and Instagram at BKMullen underscore. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a co host of Brothers. I write comic book reviews for that and That's Entertainment, which is thatentertains.com. Um, and yeah, I'm also a religious scholar. <laughs> 
<laughs> I write big treatises on comparative religion and philosophy and things like that. You'll probably find some of that out on the internet. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> There's nothing funnier to me than you saying that in full Joker makeup. Exactly. You'll understand my, my weird anarchist chaos-induced you know, <laughs> belief systems when listening to religious scholarship. But, um, but yeah, you can catch us online. You can catch us on Spreaker and uh, iTunes. And yeah, thanks for coming out. Uh, my name is Garrett. Uh, I am the co-host of I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, it's a podcast about movies. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, iTunes, uh, Facebook. I Like to Movie. That's numeric two. Uh, we're all over the internet there. Um, we just did an episode on The Love Witch. We interviewed the composers of Green Room and Blue Ruin recently. Uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff you can find there uh, if you're interested. And I'm on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmadelphia. And I am Kevin Gallagher. I'm the host of the podcast Everything is Awesome. You can find it on awesomepodcast.com. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Store, whatever they call their stuff. Wherever, wherever you can find a podcast, we're there. Uh, you can also find uh, me on thatentertains.com. I, I write reviews there as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at thatnerdykev for the Dark Knights of the Round Table. Thank you guys for being part of the Thank panel. You. Thank you guys for coming Thanks, out. Guys. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.